Hey, and thanks for joining the Architect and Interior Design podcast. Today I'm in the wonderful old Art Deco Paramount building in Sydney, Surrey Hills, and I'm going to be catching up with Brenton Smith, who is a director and head of interiors here at Bates Smart. I'm pretty excited to find out a bit about Bates Smart's philosophy and direction. So come and join me. Architect and Interior Design Show would not be possible without the support of our official partner, Studio Banyo, the architect's choice for bathware. Book a product presentation for your practice with Tony Rollins at studiobanyo.com.au. Hey, hi Brenton, thanks hi, for catching up with me. I'm a bit disappointed in the hospitality. This is water, sorry, everybody. But we can, so, get yeah. gin, we can get you gin, we can get you vodka, we can get uh, whatever you like. Gin and vodka, but <laughs> we better wait till afterwards, what do you reckon? A gin followed by a vodka. Perfect. I thought, I mean, I know Bates Smart, the practice, but there's a lot I don't know about sure. it. So maybe a potted history of Bates Smart, because I think it's about yeah, the yeah. oldest practice standing. It's or, one, it's, look, it's one, it's one of the oldest. Um, it's, it's come from, um, you know, we're talking about, we're going back to the 1850s. Whoa. Yeah, so, it's a, so we're, we're kind of almost, almost 170 years plus, but it's, it's, a, it's a very old established practice. And, you know, obviously during that period, you know, there was a lot of immigration from, from the UK. Yeah. Um, and it was started by a gentleman called Joseph Reed, uh, and he won the first competition for the town hall in Victoria, but also did the state library. So, if you, it, what's really magical, even now when you walk around, you know Melbourne Central in the CBD, you could pretty much do a, a great tour yeah. of many of the iconic. They are iconic heritage buildings, yeah. which are you know there are churches, there are civic buildings, there are actually even houses um, that that kind of date back to, to early to the early Bates Smart days. So. We're a practice that uh, has um, endured many different trends of architecture and interior design. Yeah. Um, you know, from from a, from a long from a lot through through a long period. So it's you know it's um, it's 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 an amazing history with it, and a practice that's got great pedigree. Yeah. I mean, and it's multidisciplinary. I guess I mean extending right into urban planning and that sort of thing. So there's a, an overview. Well, yeah, and look, I think I think. Um, I suppose the, the reason that we've, we've maintained and stayed relevant is that you have to, with a practice this size, you know, over that duration of time, you, you really can't just work in one particular sector uh, because there are so many, you know, there are so many economical factors, social factors that influence how cities um, are created and how they're formed and how they evolve. So, you know, very early on, and it's not, you know, we're not different to other practices in that way, very early on, you, you know, we, we had to forge a, a practice that had a, had a focus on all these different sectors because that's the way you stay relevant. You know, you need to be, you know, you need to be in um, civic buildings, you need to be in commercial buildings, you need to be in health, you need to be in hotels, you need to be in all these different, in all these different categories because what it does, it gives you a, it gives a business a degree of agility um, and flexibility to ride the waves. Um, yeah, you know, and that, that's how that's how a business stays stays around for such a for such a long period of time. But I don't think it's just even sectors. I also think it's in 
in, in technology, it's also, you know, it's in, in how we advance and how we keep testing and trying different things um, and working with the clients to, 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 to really make things better and improve. So, um, yeah, so it's a, it's a pretty, it's, a, it's, it, and it's great to be, you know, uh, one, of, one of the custodians, um, you know, in this generation kind of moving forward, moving it forward. Yeah, yeah, custodianship. I think that that is that it that is something very privileged. There's there's, there's, a, there's a heritage, and that heritage is being expanded in your work now because it's there's some marvelous stuff yeah. happening, yeah. Uh, which is great to see. So basically, though, it's the practice was founded in Melbourne, but now head office in Sydney. Yeah, and and look, so we so the Sydney practice started uh, about twenty years ago in in Sydney. So we're about one hundred and fifty in Melbourne now, about one hundred and fifty in Sydney, and obviously we're now in, in, in Brisbane as well. Um, but the the Sydney practice, so the Sydney practice by comparison is quite is quite young. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you look at the if you look at the timeline of Bait Smart, but it's been look it's been incredibly successful. Mm, but, but pretty big I, resume. Yeah, <laughs> and look, and but what I would say it, it's you know whilst we you know whilst we have Sydney and Melbourne, it's still it's it's still a collaboration and a collective. Um, there's no there's no Sydney or Melbourne. It's just Bait Smart. You know, we, yeah. we, we all work together. We all share resource. We all we all work nationally and internationally. Um, so that's and that look that's the other great thing about having a practice that's a, a national practice is that once again you know when things are up and down as they do in, yeah. in architecture um, you know if one city's doing well the other one's not you can you can push and pull. Yes. Um, so the, the, that that I think has also you know helped helped with our kind of resilience over those hundred and seventy years. Wow. Mm. Okay. So you're a director, but particular oversight of interiors. So interiors. Yeah. yeah. And there's to me not at Bates Smart, but at a lot of practices, there often seems to be a disconnect between the interiors and the exterior. I don't know whether you agree, but I seem to notice that. So. Tell me, what does this involve there for, well, for you? Yeah, look, I mean, look, I, I don't disagree. I think we, our standpoint is we're very much an integrated practice. So a lot of our projects, um, you know, we start with a commercial building, but we have a team of interior designers working on the interior of those public spaces. Um, you know, we do, we're doing, you know, we're doing um, seniors living, which we're doing the architecture for, but we're also doing integrate. we're doing the integrated interiors. We're doing hotels, we're doing the architecture, but we're doing interior, in, integrated in, interiors for that. So I think it's, you know, we are, we are very much a focus on, on, integrated, on, integrated, on an integrated product, yeah. um, which, you know, which only adds, I think, is, is a huge benefit to our clients, but also adds strength to the overall offer. Um, but that said, you know, we, we still work in things like workplace, you know, which is, you know, which runs at a different speed and a different pace. Yeah. Um, and a lot of our, you know, in, in the interiors, in the interiors team, um, you know, I'd probably say it's probably about half and half, half integrated, half independent, independent commissions. So, ah. so we get, we get both. We do integrated and then we do, you know, as I say, like workplace where we have a lot of clients. Um, like Cause, for example, who we're not doing the building for, but we just you know finished eight thousand square meters in the three XM building in in QQT. So so we still do a lot. So we so we have a lot of our workplace projects, which um, often are not not necessarily not necessarily integrated. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a mixture. Whoa, yeah, yeah. A thing that intrigues me is that 
I think at university, I don't think there actually is a definition of architecture. I don't think I've been able to find one. Now, I did read somewhere there was a, a Spanish writer whose name I've forgotten, who's, who, who defined architecture as the space between walls, which may be true and kind of cute, but leaves an awful lot out. So I'm always intrigued in the philosophy of architecture, which as far as I can see, nobody actually teaches yeah, either. I and yet you guys must have a yeah, philosophy. Well, I think, I think, um, I think architecture is actually a, probably a lot broader now than it ever used to be. Once upon a time, it was probably about, you know, someone would get a, you know, a, a, an architect would get, a, would get a commission to do one building and, you know, they'd spend, you know, years doing that building and crafting it and honing it. But I don't think I don't think there was probably as much emphasis put on everything that's around that building and the infrastructure and the placemaking and the, the integration of the public, the integration of the staff and the people who work in those buildings. So I think I think what's happened and you know we're even starting um, you know we're even starting to see this now even in commercial um, towers. Once upon a time, you know, for example, the lobbies of commercial towers were were kind of um, iconic, I won't say mausoleums, but marble, you yeah, know, yeah. iconic kind of volumes that were kind of would dwarf, yes. would dwarf <clears throat> humans to the point where it could be somewhat like intimidating. Yes. Maybe, maybe for, you know, maybe that was, well, that was what I wanted to do. But I think now we're moving into, we're moving into a time and a place where, um, and we're certainly seeing this a lot in, in, even with what our, you know, what our, what our workplace clients are looking for where buildings are very much becoming um, almost a central, a central hub of, of many different sectors. And I think, so from the, the, the formality of the grand stone lobby is now, I think, somewhat um, kind of becoming about, about human activation. Yeah, it's, about, yeah. it's, about, it's about activating with F&B. It's about deformalizing some of those ground planes and, and almost letting the public walk through and not kind of say, you can't come in here. Yeah. And I think that's how cities are starting to change because, you know, from a landlord's point of view, um, they, they can see the benefit in this, in this amalgamation of great F&B and hospitality, great third spaces great wellness centres and they can see the leverage points. So if I'm a tenant and I want to take a 10 year lease at 10,000 square metres and you know, the landlord says to me, well look, by the way, you know, I've got two signature, um, I've got two signature restaurateurs in, at the ground plane in the lobby. I've got a fantastic wellness centre in the sub-basement and, and all this, and the little cycling facilities. I've got a third space which can enable you to have, you know, have, a, have a conference for three to 400 people. I've got a caterer that does hoteling for the whole infrastructure of the building. And there's a hotel just across the road so all your staff and guests internationally can come and start the hotel. You've literally created, you've literally created a, a self-feeding mechanism that, that can that can that can basically thrive with all of these different things and and almost self-sustain it. It's 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 being. Yeah, getting away from the Albert Speer school of architecture. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, becoming, it's become much more. It's become it's become much more than you know than I think where you know once once upon a time as I say the formality of just the just the just the building itself. It's it, it's 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 a much more integrated and holistic. Uh, appreciation of of how people live and breathe in these spaces and, and 
you know, and look, part of that has, I mean, this is, this is all about a race to quality and developers wanting to provide the best for their clients. But, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a big commercial, you know, there's a commercial drive for this, and that's about getting, you know, having buildings that are the, the best quality and, and sustaining a quality of, um, I, I suppose, occupant that's going to pay a premium price to be in them. Yeah. So, so you know, it's the, the, you can't, you can't. There, there are fundamental commercials that, that go with all of this. I think it's fascinating because what you've done is you actually revealed this practice's philosophy, and I, and that's yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. fantastic. I don't know that everybody has a philosophy, but and because I think you're so broad based. That's why the philosophy has also got so much breadth and depth to it as well. It's, it's, it's really interesting stuff. So what else is on the cards? What's, what's going on? What, what are... Look, it's pretty exciting. I think, I think what um, we've, we've, uh, we've got a lot of different projects, you know, um, from, uh, um, from good, great commercial towers, um, from to, to really cool new hotels. Um, the hotel, I mean, it's what's been great. Look, I mean, because I, I work across hotels, resi, um, and workplace, um, and I, I mean, I love, I, I love, um, I mean, hand on heart, my favourite's always going to be hotels and resi. Yeah, but, me but, too. <laughs> me too. I love I hotels. That, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, they're just, they're just fun. But I think, but I think, um, uh, I think what's what's been really interesting is. You know, we, we got decimated with hotel during COVID, and of course, no no owner no owner wanted to spend any money. Why would you? You know, no one's yeah. going to spend twenty million or thirty million doing a refurb of a hotel when no one's no one's paying any money to come and stay at them. So what's happened is we're certainly seeing we're certainly seeing an uplift now in in, in hospitality um, and F and B and hotels. That's really starting to ramp up. We've got a really exciting project. Um, which um, which is going to hit the market probably in the next twelve months. Which is um, it, it's it's a it's a it's a beautiful old Victorian building. It's got um, eight Japanese restaurants and a whiskey bar in it. It's got a beautiful old um, cartway, which is the old um, lane that the horse and carts used to travel down with. Oh right, yes. Yeah. Um, and we're working with our client on, on that project, and that's going to be something completely unique. But, uh, but uh, the reason I mentioned that is because that's now that's where the conf- the confidence is back. Yes. And, and you know, if you, if you'd said if you'd said to me, you know, t- two years ago, someone wants to spend this amount of money on doing six Japanese restaurants in a beautiful Victorian building in Sydney, I would have, you know, fallen off the back of your chair because it wouldn't have, wouldn't have been there. So there's certainly, I think, there's certainly a degree of confidence that's come back to the market. Um, uh, we've got some um, some great luxury res- residential projects. Um, we've just finished which we've just finished Cause, as I mentioned, which is a which is a beautiful fish, uh, fit out. Yeah, um, we're working with you know we're doing a lot of work with Toga Toga Central, um, which is a fantastic project. Yeah, is, they're good people, and yeah, that's a good looking building. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, and that's, yeah. Uh, and look, I, look, I think for me that's um, look, I love I love old architecture. I love I love working with old buildings, and I think I mean, and interesting life. A lot of our a lot of our product in in actually in Melbourne and Sydney is often heritage um, tower integration. And you know um, the parcel post building, you know, in in central is is a beautiful old building designed by uh, a gentleman called Vernon, who was a government architect in the early nineteen in the early nineteen ten. And that building is it's a handsome building. It's a handsome building. It, it's a beautiful. I mean, um, I'm probably going to digress here, but I mean, it's it's, it's interesting because the building was 
It was when that building was built when um, it was during it was Edwardian. But what was happening is we were coming out of a residential period of, architect of architecture in the late 1800s mm. into the early 1900s. And the building, um, what was happening is that architects were actually having to take elements from residential architecture and translate that into a commercial building. Mm. And, and that's how some of these early buildings evolved. They're actually an extension um, of, of the vernacular of, of Edwardian or whatever it might have been. And then they started to embellish that into more commercial type buildings. Yeah. So the parcel post building is a handsome building and it's interesting because all the money at the time was spent on the outside of the building. Uh, and the interior is, was basically just left like a shell. Right. So they ran out of money, they didn't have a lot of, a lot of money. Um, so, so it's a, it's a, it's got a, it's a building that's got a great story and a really interesting, and a really interesting history and where that's going to become a hotel. So we've got a hotel going into that beautiful old heritage, heritage component of the base. Yeah. Um, and then we've got a commercial, we've got commercial tower and there's an interplay of hotel and, um, hotel and commercial floor plates. So, and that's another great example. That's another great example of where I started with this conversation about you said what 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 what's what's architecture about? Well, that's about an environment where where you can come and sleep, you can come and eat, you can come and collaborate, you can come and socialise, you can come and work. So you've literally in the one in the one precinct, yeah. everything everything is there and everything is at your fingertips. And that that is now, and I suppose we you know I suppose that we term term is, is kind of city making. But it's city making. I think for us is is it's when people talk about city making, it's very easy just to think about the, the scale. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and how big it is. And and but I think city making is as much about the the intimacy of, of the of the, the interior spaces and, and the connection of all these different sectors coming together. I think the building work. is going to add a great deal to that whole Absolutely. central central yeah. district. Absolutely, it's going to yeah. central from just being a transport hub. To being a place, yeah. uh, and, and I love looking at the renderings. The fact that the the new build is so respecting of yeah. the old yeah. building as well. It actually doesn't overpower it. No, it's really no, very very cunning. It's yeah. It's, yeah. it's looking looking very good. I'm and looking look, forward uh, to seeing it happening. And look, I think look, I think we're really lucky in Sydney. We've got a, you know, I think we've got a good. I think we've got a good city of Sydney design process that enables us to. Um, to, to respectfully keep our heritage buildings and make sure that whatever gets, whatever comes to whatever comes to the market has a has a presence and is of best in class. And I think that's really important for the city of Sydney because if you, you know if you look at a build of our beautiful old buildings, there, there's a lot of them that you want to make sure. There's some really good stuff. Yeah, some some really stuff. good stuff. Yeah. It's funny talking about the the parcel building. I'm going to digress here. You know, there's a, a building in Berlin that. Well, it's destroyed, but it, but it was extraordinary. Are you familiar with the the the, the building academy by Schinkel? No, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a bloody masterpiece from about eighteen thirty. Yeah, a shame yeah. it's gone. Although I think they're going to rebuild yeah, it. Yeah. But that is just like it's a hundred years ahead of its yeah, time. Yeah. An extraordinary, extraordinary thing. Yeah, I I love his work. Yeah. It always amazes me. Yeah, yeah. very very cunning. Oh, no, look, I think, I think, you know, I think um, it, it's interesting. I think we, you know, I mean, we always, it's always great to see what's kind of happening internationally with kind of architecture and, and where it's going. But I think what, what's actually, 
what's actually uh, there was a, there was a strong trend, and it's kind of a slight deviation of what you were kind of talking about. But I think there was a strong trend there for a while, where you know it was all about international architects and you know coming to Sydney, and you know they had to <coughs> develop a world of international architect. Now I think what's I think I think what's definitely becoming more and more relevant is. Um, I think we're kind of out of that phase now. I, I certainly I, I, hope I, I so. Feel like, I feel like I feel like there's you know the, the quality and the design output of of our of our product is is you know best in class. It's, in as, good as, it it's as good I, as it gets. I I, I couldn't agree so, more. So I think I think um, you know I think whilst it was a you know whilst it was a fashionable trend for a while, um, um, you know I think that, that there's a realization that the, the skill and talent. When it comes to architecture and interior design within Australia, is, is some of the best in the world. Look, and I've done, a, you know, I spent 15 years of my life before Bates Smart working in London, and if I if if I look at things like, you know, even even kind of interior design from a workplace standpoint, you know, we're we're miles ahead by comparison to what I'd say, you know, the UK and New York, just in terms of design design. Um, I suppose design delivery and you know and product and, mm. and crafting spaces for our clients um, and even in workplace strategy you know just in terms of how you know just in terms of how we work here mm. so I think we, we are I think we are off, we often lead um, uh, I think we often lead in some of these sectors uh, which is which is well I mean I, I, I'm looking at architecture on a daily basis mm. one way or the other mm. here and, and and overseas I just it's it's, it's a first of the morning thing with a couple of espressos yeah, yeah, to see yeah. what's going on somewhere else. But I agree. I think the stuff here is as good as it gets. But then how the hell do we get maybe more of an export industry going? I know we're expanding and people are working overseas, but we've got so much to offer the rest of the planet. Yeah, what's necessary to do that? It's hard because um, everyone forgets about Australia. No, no one <laughs> and look, look, I've got to be honest with you. Like I said, having lived in London for so many years and having friends all around the world, um, we're a long way away from anywhere. And, and it's sad as it is, it's, you know, it is and it is, but, but unfortunately, um, uh, it's it's just one of the, I think it's one of those things we often you know we often lose we often lose good staff to go to go out um, but you know but I think it's I think I think it's I think now particularly I think now particularly with technology I think we're we're certainly we're certainly having opportunities that are definitely more kind of global I think um, you know we've got a lot of kind of international you know international clients that we work that you know that have got you know that have got you know they've got um, offices in. You know the, the UK, the US, um, and I think there is that opportunity where we're certainly, we certainly, we are certainly kind of collaborating with more people internationally. You know, I'm just as likely to, you know, to talk to a lighting designer in the UK. Um, in fact, I'm, you know, about a potential job as I am someone just around the corner. Mm. So I think, I think that, you know, I think that that, and I think, you know, COVID obviously helped that as well because all of a sudden. Everyone just got used to being on teams, and you know. So, this, I think, I think it's certainly, I think it's certainly becoming. I think the collaboration, and that's something. Look, that's something. That's another part that we really, we really love doing. We really love working with. I mean, just going back to the, um, just going back to that Japanese priest thing that I was talking about. You know, we're working with Ongarato on that, um, and so we we really love working with people who are, who can who can, a lot of these projects are about. Um, they're about they're about the best team coming together 
um, to, to, to form and create something that's going to be totally unique and something that's totally different. And I think that the danger is if you don't collaborate and you don't work with others, you end up pushing out the same product over and over again. So I think our view is that the more, the more diversity we have in kind of collaboration, the more diverse views, um, you still have to have a singularly good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just a free-for-all, you know, you've still got to, you've still got to have, a, have, a, have, a, have an idea. But I think that, 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 that overlay of, you know, working with craftsmen, working with, you know, great upholsters, working with great lighting designers, working with um, uh, all these different types of people, um, to, to craft something that's, that's totally different, totally unique, and thinking outside of the box, you know, doing something that's gonna, doing something where there's, where people are, um, people are gonna walk into it and remember, and, and they're gonna go away and they're gonna talk to their friends about it. I when, love when, that. when you don't, when, when it's really easy, mediocrity is really easy, because people just walk in, it's vanilla, and, and they don't have a view on it. And that's, 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 that's kind of, that's, base level that's pretty easy but I think when you know when you can get people to interface with the product mm. when you can get people to interface with the space and they kind of go and they tell their friends about it you know and, you know it could be a simple thing like god you've got to go and check out the powder room mm. but you know what I mean like it's it's yeah it's 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 things like that it's things like that that start to make things kind of interesting and unique um, and you know because a lot of the time we you know we sweat about a lot of this Unfortunately, a lot of the public probably just miss it. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? So we, we all look at it. We all look at it in kind of granular detail, and we kind of obsess over it. And at the end of the day, people kind of walk into this space. Oh, yeah, but but I think I think the more the more the more you the more you can push, the more you can create the the more you can kind of create a narrative where people are genuinely kind of go stop and they kind of they almost pause at the threshold and they kind of and they they kind of they kind of can't figure it out. Mm. They, they, but but you've, you've, you've kind of caught them. And I think that's what I'm, that's personally what I'm interested in. I think that's what we like doing. It's that moment, it's that moment where you can get, you can take someone to another, to another point, or you can, or you can tell a story. You mm. can craft a story, like the, you know, the hotel I was talking about at, at Toga Central. Yeah. The, the, there's a, there's a very much, a, there's a narrative with this space that, that arcs back to the parcel post building. It, it might not be so obvious, but when the concierge or the hotel manager, you know, um, puts something in a little box in a parcel post and puts a little key and says, welcome to our hotel, and you get a little key and you open it up and you get a little gift. Yeah. You're already, at, you're already, you're already interfacing with this idea of what the building used to be. So you're already telling a story and you've already started to, to, to create this moment where the guest goes, that's pretty interesting. And now, and now I know what the building was about, yeah, yeah. and that's 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 cool. So it's not just about it's not just about the heritage of the building, but it's also about what you know what what was its past use. Now I love this because this is really I think what it comes down to ultimately, and and you've really nailed it is is the interaction with with people. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's that's what architecture is about. Sometimes for worse, but at its best, a, a good interaction and yeah. something uplifting and stimulating. Yeah. Uh, and you guys have got a lot of that. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, fantastic stuff. I think maybe it's time for a gin. What do you reckon? <laughs> I'm all for it. How about a bit of hospitality here? <laughs> all right. Thank you, Brenton. Thanks, Thanks very much. Thank you.